Coming up on this episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast, we are giving our biggest takeaways from the loss to the Washington football team. We're going to dive a little bit into the run game. And there was some news about Vita Vea that came out on Monday that Buccaneers fans are going to be happy to hear about. Let's go. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome to the Locked On Bucks podcast, free and on all platforms, including YouTube. We appreciate each and every one of you. Please check out the YouTube channel and subscribe while you are there. I am James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can check out everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArko underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. As always, we appreciate you guys being our or we appreciate you guys making us your first listen or first watch every day. That we do, James. We definitely appreciate Bucks fans making the Locked On Bucks podcast their first listener watch every day. And a little good news on Monday, James coming in. Of course, the Buccaneers nursing the loss and then also nursing some injury scares because of Vita Vea being carted off the field there towards the end of the game. I'm not going to lie. There was a part of me, James, like as he was being carted off, I was like, well, one, he's a really big dude. So, you know, there, there's a lot of injuries that you're going to cart him off on because of just his 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 sheer size versus other guys. Two, it's also the end of the game, so there's really not a lot of reason. Like, you're not going to put him in a medical tent, you know what I mean? So you just take him straight to the locker room. Let's avoid any further aggravation. But I kind of told myself that maybe I was just being, uh, I don't know, I was just being hopeful, right? I was just trying to, like, like make things better than they were in my head. But it turns out, James, Avita Vea's injury is actually not as serious as it was feared to be. Yeah, you were basically like trying to convince yourself that it wasn't as bad as it looked, whereas yeah. there yeah. there were some other people that happened to be co-hosting this podcast that just kind of threw their hands up and said, of course, why wouldn't this game end with Vita Vey of being lost for the season? But yeah, you're right. That is that is not indeed the case. Uh, it's a bone bruise with a slight MCL strain. So yeah. they're looking at one, maybe two weeks of the early diagnosis anyway so mm. bruce arian said they're going to see how how he does um you know how he's feeling and we may see him back sooner rather than later richard sherman's a whole different story we may not see richard sherman again like i'm yeah. i'm fully convinced at this point that richard sherman just got a one million dollar donation to his bank account from the bucks for one game yeah i mean and that's unfortunate you know obviously i mean I, we don't know what happened in the pregame warm-ups or whatever I imagine that Richard was going through his drops and his back pedals and his footwork and all that stuff. And something just, just something just tweaked the wrong way. And, you know, it's, it's weird. You hear, you hear calf strain, you probably don't expect much, but yeah, for the, he, he could possibly miss the rest of the season. So as the Buccaneers try to get a little bit healthier, I mean, truth be told, you know, you don't want to wish injury obvious on anybody, but I'd rather give Vita Vea back uh, if I could this season and lose Richard Sherman for the year you know, versus the, the other options, especially with potentially Sean Murphy bunting, uh, getting a little bit healthier, Bruce did talk about that as well, the potential that Sean Murphy Bunting will be back for this weekend against the New York Giants. Uh, so he doesn't really have anything determinate right now. It's going to there. There was MRIs and stuff that's supposed to happen on Monday. So that'll kind of bleed into that whole situation. But obviously, this team needs to get healthier as quick as possible because uh, things are not good right now in, in Bucks Nation, James. We have some more voicemails, and I want to make sure that we 
give as many Bucks fans the platform to air their grievances and their frustrations as possible because they are doing so respectfully and cleanly so that this show can be listened to anywhere or watched anywhere. So let's go ahead and open up the floor for yet another Bucks fan who is realistic or uh, understandably not happy. James, David, Lucky the DJ, Boise, Idaho. I just got one question for you guys. Are my expectations too high to think that this team could be able to go in and beat the Washington football team? To think that this coaching hat staff, which Bruce Arians self-proclaims is a staff full of teachers, should be able to game plan and get the talent out of this roster to win a game like last week and this week. Or my expect, am I the one that's wrong here? You know what I see when I watch the Bucks? I see a bunch of grown men who have become accustomed to and even, dare I say, enjoy the smell of their own fart. Every time I look on TV, I see a buck in a commercial or a podcast or a football show. And I think that their focus has been taken off of football and they're feeling themselves a little too hard. I'm going to go into work tomorrow and make a fraction of what these players make and do my job better than what I saw today. I'm tired of the excuses. You guys, I love you to death, but if you excuse any of this performance last week and this week because of injuries, or Lord knows what, it's wrong. Bruce Arians, put down your shot glass and coach this team. Todd Bowles, show some passion and fix it. Byron Leffridge, get off yourself and start calling some plays. Maybe my expectations have been too high. Lucky the DJ, thank you for calling in. It has been far too long. David, since we got a call from Lucky, all it took was getting smacked around by Taylor Heineke. Maybe the Bucks should lose more often so we get Lucky to call in more. Oh, good. Good. it's good to hear from him. Um, you know, wish it was under better circumstances. You know, so James, I'm gonna I'm gonna start this off real quick. Uh, as far as expectations being too high, that's that's kind of a relative. It's kind of a relative question. You know what I mean? I don't know what your expectations are now. If your expectations are that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers should be going should be able to go into FedEx Field and defeat the Washington football team, then no, your expectations are not too high. They've gone Honestly, they could have gone in uh, and beat the Washington football team. But again, mistakes and errors lead to opportunities for other teams. And in this case, similarly to, to what happened with the New Orleans Saints, your opponent took advantage of those mistakes. So you give a little bit of credit to the Washington football team for being able to do that. As far as whether or not the Bucs are too in love with themselves, James, I mean, uh, I think there's 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 merit to the thought process that this team came out of the bye. They went through practice and preparation with a fire in their belly and said, let's get back right. Let's get on track. Let's play buck ball the way we know how how to at a really good week of practice. And on their way to D.C., they said, man, we're locked in. We're owning our mistakes. We had a great week of practice. We're going to put this thing on the field and we're going to run away with this thing. It's going to be great, guys. Look how good we're going to do. And yeah. I mean, I mean, and they got, I don't want to call it cocky, but I think they expected themselves to play better. And I don't mean that in, in, in the way of, we know how talented we are. I think they felt like they were going to go out there and it was just going to happen. Um, and when it didn't, they didn't know how to react. Yeah. I mean, I could, I could see the sense that, you know, the bucks are, are feeling themselves a little bit and maybe, you know, we thought it was going to be the new Orleans game, but maybe, you know, losing to a division rival who has a record above 500 and is in the playoff hunt wasn't enough of a wake-up call 
losing to the two and six Washington football team led by Taylor Heineke without their top two pass rushers. Maybe that's the punch in the mouth that the Buccaneers need to finally wake up. There was no reason that the Buccaneers should have lost this game, but the injuries certainly don't help, but definitely not saying that that's, you know, an excuse for them losing. There was no excuse for them losing. They, they should not have lost that game. You know, every time he, he turns on the TV and there's another Buccaneer in, in a commercial, the only ones I see are Brady and Gronk in commercials, if we're being honest. I mean, I realize the other players do like a ton of local ads, uh, but every team does that. I'm not I'm not worried about guys doing commercials. Yeah, and honestly, most of those are done during their time off, their day off, where right. you kind of want them to step away from the game for a little bit. You kind of want them to go out, have a little bit of a personal life, relax a little bit, don't go play football or basketball, don't jump out of an airplane. But, you know, sitting in front of a camera telling people how great USAA is, it never you know tore an acl or anything so yeah plenty plenty to still be upset about but the sky is not falling we're going to get to some of that and some of the takeaways here in just a moment but instead of talking takeaways right now david i want to talk about getaways in life we are all bound for different things with beachbound.com vacations you could be bound for adventure bound for passion bound for discovery or bound for togetherness, bound for immersion, bound for rejuvenation, or you may be bound for encountering the unexpected. Personally, when I'm at a beach resort, I'm bound to end up at a poolside bar, you know, with a Bacardi and Coke, with a lime in my hand, living my best life. As long as I've got a good view, a good drink in my hand, I'll be happy as can be. With beachbound.com, you can find the perfect beach vacation for you, no matter what, you're looking for what are you bound for visit beachbound.com today back now for segment two here at the locked on bucks podcast thank you again for making this show your first listen or watch every day bucks fans we greatly appreciate you even on days where it's it's hard to to listen or to watch we are free and available on all platforms david harrison and james yarko and james we're gonna we're gonna start this segment the way we ended the last segment we got more bucks fans that need to be heard so let's kick it over to another one this is Renard from South Carolina, first-time caller, all-the-time listener. So much I want to say and so much I don't want to say concerning the level of play for my Bucks. How do you come off a bye week and stake up the place? I don't understand it. Where is the level of passion to make it back to the Super Bowl? It's almost like you're just seeing, you're just seeing what we feared, lack of hunger on both sides of the ball. How do you have these many weapons and you don't execute on third down? Help me understand, because I promise you I do the most bragging about the talent that our team has. And I accept when we actually lay an egg like this, but why accept such a thing when we are poised to make it back to the Super Bowl and you come and do something like this? I don't get it. I don't get it. It's like Bruce is not telling these guys what we are lined up to do from week to week. It's like if he's telling them, they're not accepting it. The real question has to be answered by the guys suiting up and what they're showing us. I'm just disappointed. I hate it for this to be my first call in. But go Bucks. Hopefully we turn it around. Great show. Take care. All right, Renard. Uh, appreciate your call. And, yeah, appreciate your first call to the show. Hopefully it's not your last one. I think it's it's hard, right? So, and again, not excusing anything, okay? But when you, this is why they always say, right? What's harder than winning a Super Bowl? Winning two, right? 
And this is why Tom Brady kind of adopts the atmosphere, the, 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 uh, the attitude of my favorite Super Bowl win is my next one, right? Because he's always trying to keep himself hungry. And you see the things that he has to do. You go back to like the Michael Jordans of the world, man, literally manufacturing a young player talking trash about him. That never happened. Like you need the underdog fight, right? They always say it's not the size of the dog and the fight is the size of the fight and the dog. Well, what we saw against the Los Angeles Rams, what we saw against the New Orleans Saints, what we saw against the Washington football team is that the size of the fight in the other dog was bigger and more determined than the size of the fight in this dog. But here's the thing. If you take a dog and you bring him in the house and he's all nice and warm and cozy, he's got a bed to lay on, he's got the blingy collar, and he's getting pet every day and told how good boy he is and all this other stuff, and then you kick him out in the backyard to go fight the dog that's been mistreated, unloved, had to fight for himself, had to scrap for every piece of food that he's ever gotten, and you put him in a fight, guess who's probably going to win? Not the one that's being cushioned. Yeah, it's something that my my dad hammered into me for years and years was knowing and doing are two very different things. And right now the Bucks are doing a little too much knowing and not nearly enough doing. So, David, let's go ahead and jump into our takeaways. You are uh, You are first up on this one. So what is takeaway number one for you? Yeah, so the first takeaway, and this kind of goes into the not knowing how to respond to adversity. The Buccaneers, once again, abandoned the run way too early. I kind of touched on it on our our episode yesterday. I said I want to talk about it today. Um, Leonard Fournette finishes the game with 11 carries. Two of those come at the very end of the game, literally just running out the the last 29 seconds of the clock. But you take those two carries away, that's nine carries total. He had eight carries in the first half. So basically, what does that tell you? Down 16-6, 10 points on the road to an opponent that you should be able to handle. They completely abandoned the running game. And they completely turned to the passing game. Well, James, which part of the game was giving them the biggest problems on Sunday? Uh, that would be the passing game. You're leaning on the part of your game that's really not serving you anything. Meanwhile, you're leaving Leonard Fournette out there. And yes, he was involved in, in passing. And I, and I know the, the, the short passing game is an extension of the run game. Got it. You know what is the run game? The run game. You know what the run game does when it's successful? It forces teams to bring their shell closer. It forces them to bring their safeties into the box, bring their linebackers closer to the line of scrimmage. It makes play action worthwhile. You know what doesn't make play action worthwhile? One carry in two quarters. Over the last two games, Leonard Fournette has 19 carries. In the last two games combined. I'm not saying that running Leonard Fournette five times in the third quarter would have won the Buccaneers the game, but you can't give yourself a fighting chance against a defense that's playing a high umbrella defense against you. You're giving them no reason to pull the umbrella in. Short passes are not going to force those safeties closer to the line of scrimmage. But time and time again, and it goes back to last season, when the Buccaneers get behind and they get punched in the mouth, they abandon the run game, they go solely into the passing game, and it plays right into what other defenses want. Yeah, and honestly, yeah, you nailed it right there, and it's it's a panic move. It's a panic move that 19 carries over two games is not enough for Leonard Fournette with the way he had been running the ball. Your takeaway plays right into my takeaway, and it's that this team has no identity. This entire team's identity is wrapped up in last year's team. When you think they're going to be a passing team, they're a run team. When they should be a run team, they abandon it completely, as David, you just laid out, and they become pass happy. Defensively, they have no idea what they are. You can go 15 consecutive plays bringing multiple blitzes, and then they'll go 15 plays and not blitz at all, and neither one of them works. Their entire identity is tied up in the fact that they won a Super Bowl nine months ago. 
And it looks like at times they're completely lost, that they have no idea what they're doing, what they're supposed to be doing. And I don't know, maybe it's it's people like us, more so me than you. Uh, you know, it's our fault for saying that this team is so talented, they should go into any stadium and do whatever they want to the opposing team. And there's there's no actual structure and there's no actual execution because they think, you know, this goes back to, to one of our voicemails. I, I think it was lucky. Love to smell their own farts because they can do no wrong. And they're, you know, they're the champs. You know, we're more talented. We can do whatever we want. And it's failing time and time and time again. So this team needs to wake up. They need to figure something out. They need to do some soul searching and figure out who this team is if they're going to make a run like they did last year. Yeah, but like Renard said, it's going to come down to the guys wearing the pads, the guys on the field. The coaches, look, we, we already, look, the coaches have taught it. This is on the guys on the field, and, and, I, and I truly believe that. But hey, Bucks fans, it may not all be good news right now. Another week is another opportunity to get better, but we've got some good news for you in the meantime, and it's how you can get a little bit more cash back in your pocket because if you haven't noticed, gas prices, they're kind of high these days. Well, there's an incredible app that everybody who buys gas needs to know about, and it's the GetUpside app where our listeners are getting up to 25 cents back per gallon of gas purchased using the GetUpside app. It's a free app. Signing up doesn't cost you anything. There's no membership fees, no maintenance fees, nothing crazy like that. You just go to the App Store or the Google Store, and you download it for free or Google Play. You download it for free, and when you sign up, you use the promo code TOUCHDOWN, and you'll get up to 50 cents per gallon back on your first tank of gas. After that first tank, you're going up to 25 cents per, ga- per gallon. Most of the gas stations in my area, I'm getting 14 cents per gallon back every time I fill up using the GetUpside app. And again, there's no catch. You can cash out anytime, get that money back in your account, get it through PayPal, get in an e-gift card for Amazon. Our listeners who are driving a lot are making 200 Some of me are making $300 a month using the GetUpside app. So once again, download the free app, use the promo code TOUCHDOWN for your first tank of gas, get up to 50 cents per gallon back on that first tank, and then up to 25 cents per gallon after that, again, using the GetUpside app. Wrapping things up here on a Takeaway Tuesday edition of the Locked On Bucks podcast, David Harrison, James Yarko on Twitter at dharrison82 at jarko underscore bucks. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see those Twitter handles right down there, uh, right underneath our made for radio faces. David, let's go ahead and get to one more voicemail before we give our second takeaway. Everything went our way on the buy, and then we turn around, come out of a buy, and perform like that? Are you kidding me? This is Yusuf out here in Phoenix. I am so disappointed. And there's a lot of things I could get into here. Penalties, all these things. But why can't we stop Washington's offense on third down? Like, I, I don't understand. I'm not going to jump off a cliff. Don't get me wrong here. But this is getting ridiculous. I get that we have injuries, guys. I do. But... To perform like that today on both sides of the ball, there's no one that gets a pass today. No one. It's time to look in the mirror and get this stuff figured out. I'm done. Not done with the Bucks, but I'm just done with my voicemail. Anyways, guys, not getting too high, but not too low either. As always, go Bucks. Yousef, thank you for the call. And David, he must be watching the YouTube because he gave himself a cold open on his voicemail, and it was fantastic. Um, 
David, I'm going to let you feel this one because honestly, Yusef's voicemail plays perfectly into my second takeaway. So I want to save my reaction for that. So if, if you have anything about Yusef's voicemail, by all means, good sir. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's perplexing. It's, it's inexplicable. You know, there, there's no excuse for it. Bottom line, there's no excuse for it. And, and when I rewatched the game, I noticed something from Devin White, my player of the game, Bruce Arians praised him on Monday for his effort and his performance and said, if everybody played uh, with his level of energy, then, you know, perhaps we would have won that game. And I agree with coach because the, the totality of the game was really very good. Uh, but that final touchdown with Antonio Gibson, that touchdown run is on Devin White. And, and, you know, unless Todd Bowles or the linebacker coach or somebody, you know, hits me in the DMs to, to instruct me as to how I'm reading that incorrectly, I'm going to continue to believe that. And if you, it, it's a run to the left side of the, of the, well, the right side of the defense, the left side of the offensive formation, Devin White is the off ball linebacker on the right side, on the run side, the action side of that play. He's a contained player. He's a contained player. If you look on the other side of the field, Jordan White is a contained player. His job if the if the run comes his way is to force it back inside into the meat of the defense or to keep it from kick, getting kicked out. Devin White is in the same role on the other side of the formation, but instead he kind of honestly stands still for a minute, mm-hmm. looks at the inside of the defense form, doesn't attack the pile, just kind of looks at the inside of the defense formation. And Antonio Gibson runs around the side that Devin White should be defending as the contained defender with the rest of the defense crashing down in the middle, expecting it up the middle run, which is a very common tactic. Here's the thing. Levante David is on the other side of the formation when that ball gets snapped. He reads the play, sees where the ball carrier is going, pursues the ball carrier, and nearly gets to Antonio Gibson, all while Devin White is standing about five yards from where the play, where the, where the, where the point of attack was on that run play and never commits to the play. That one play doesn't lose the game, right? I'm not saying that Devin White is responsible for losing the game, but that is a play that if you're Devin White, and if you're going to be one of the best off-ball linebackers in the NFL, and if you're going to be a captain of a Super Bowl-caliber defense, you got to get in there, man. The Buccaneers are going to get the ball back down for no timeouts, 30 seconds on the clock. Probably not going to win anyway. Got it. But your job as a defense is to give your offense the opportunity to make miracles happen. And instead, because you're a defensive cap, basically gave up on the final play of the game. They didn't even have a chance. And... You'd rather have a slim chance than no chance, but that took the Buccaneers' chances from slim to none, and it's it's inexcusable, and it's just one example of what happened in that game, but that's a player that's getting praised, and that's a player that had a great game. But even he, at the end of this thing, when 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 the crunch time is on, is is calling it in after giving up a drive like that. Like, you can't you can't perform like that. It, to, to DJ's, to Lucky to DJ's point, you cannot perform like that. Yeah, and, and David, you sent me the play, and, and I agreed 100% with you you know as soon as you sent it over you you said hey watch Devin White then watch this play again and watch Levante David and I saw the exact same thing that you just described and that leads me into my takeaway this team has no leadership we can talk all day long about the leaders among the coaches and Tom Brady being a leader where are we seeing this leadership on the field Because so far, they have a couple of wins in the style that they should have wins, and that's the Chicago and the Atlanta games. Other than that, you have some squeakers. You have a loss to the Rams, two embarrassing losses to the Saints and the Washington football team. Where are the leaders? Where is the accountability for the mistakes being made? We've we've talked about it for two years, David. Tom Brady led teams... You know, they always have a chance because they do. 
because he's supposed to be a leader. Where is that leadership? He's failing on the field as well. And it's hard to hold other guys accountable when you're screwing up too. They need their come to Jesus moment. They need something to wake them up and have these leaders speak out and say enough is enough. We saw the turning point last year. There's not a lot of time to wait for that turning point to happen this year because this team is in shambles and they're way too talented for that nonsense to be going on. Yeah, I mean, the the biggest point there is they're way too talented for this to be going on, and they're only going to get more talented as some of these players come back. And I think that's that's moving forward. I think that's what everybody needs to remember, right? And yeah, it, it's something that they've got, they've got to figure out. And that's kind of my last takeaway is that NOLA wasn't embarrassing enough. Losing to the New Orleans Saints wasn't embarrassing enough. Listen, I, I know, and, and I kind of mentioned this actually, James, in, in the episode during the bye week where everybody said, look, we saw this after the Kansas City Chiefs game and the Los Angeles Rams game, and they came back and they had the fire in their belly, da da I think the the fact that all of us, and it's not just us, like there were players, there were even coach, like media members talking about, hey, remember last year, guys, when this similar thing happened and the team came back and kicked ass? That's what's going to happen this time. The fact that we're all looking for it, to me, was a sign that it's not going to happen because it's, again, it's, it's, you kind of come in. That's what we're trying to talk about, right? You come into, you have a really great week of practice and you go, okay, everything's fine now. We're good. Like guys, just like last year, remember we went through this whole thing and we had a really great week of practice then and we came out and we kicked butt in and everything was fine. We won a Super Bowl. We're going to do it again. If you're in that mindset in the moment, you haven't hit rock bottom. You haven't hit rock bottom and rock bottom looks different for every NFL team. When you're a Super Bowl competitor, you have to, you have to get embarrassed a little bit to hit rock bottom. And I think that every repeat champion has been through a moment or two like that. And this team hasn't hit rock bottom. David, we'll end on a, uh, on a little higher note. Just all I'm going to say is six and three, first place in the NFC South, baby. Well, think back just two short years ago, how excited would our listeners have been if this team was six and three after 10 weeks, it's amazing how things change. The expectations change when you win a Lombardi trophy but you have to do your part to live up to those expectations. And nobody's expectations are any higher for the Buccaneers than the players inside of that facility. I'm confident they're going to get it figured out and fixed sooner rather than later with that. Thanks. David, let's get out of here. Thank you again, everyone, for making Locked on Bucks your first listen or first watch. Every day we are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Please check out the YouTube channel. We certainly appreciate it. Make sure you come back tomorrow for WTSP Wednesdays. I'm going to be joined by Evan Klosky. Thank you to Lucky the DJ, Renard, and Youssef for calling in. Lucky, don't wait so long for the next time. Renard, thank you for calling in. Make sure you continue to do so now that you've kind of uh, kicked that off. We want to hear more from you check out everything going on over at bucksnation.com follow along on twitter at locked on bucks at jarco underscore bucks at d harrison 82 and at bucks underscore nation hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day stay safe stay healthy wash your hands be good to one another we thank you so much for joining us right here at locked on bucks